if you put them first, then you're going to be here for a while. And it's not just going to be a one and done. And that's very important. You know, we have a reputation. My future wife can leave me. My kids can leave me. My, I can lose it all. All you have is your name and you can start over with your name and with your reputation. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's going on, Rhino Nation? It is me, Brent Bowers, your land man. I have an amazing, amazing episode for you today. I've got my good friend, Alex Sadov. He's an army officer just like me. I actually met him in, in basic officer leadership school. This guy's got a heck of a story to tell you. He's going to tell you about going from homeless to building over 500 houses at one time on land that he is out there buying. You are in for a real treat today, and let's jump right in. My good friend, Alex Sadoff, captain in the United States Army. How the heck are you today? Man, I'm doing fantastic, man. Thank you for having me. No, I'm, I'm so pleasured to have you. Like, I mean, you've been taking land and turning it into some wild things. You know, you've got a crazy story. I want to kind of jump into that a little bit. Like, who is Alex Sadoff? You know, how did you get started in this craziness? I know we met at a basic officer leadership course in Fort Lee, Virginia, and just the, just the things I've watched you do since then, it's just been just incredible. So, you know, how did you start with all this, you know, starting with the army and then why did you get into real estate and then what the heck are you doing now in real estate? That's awesome. Yeah, man. I am a first generation immigrant, came to America. I lived with my mom on a, uh, you know, in a basement apartment outside of DC. We helped my mom work, cut lawns. You know, I was an entrepreneur from kind of the get go. Not the greatest little child because we didn't really have parents to watch us because she was always working. So it was just our friends and kind of uh, not having that oversight as much. And, and then kind of got into trouble. Luckily, because of the love of my mom and our family, you know, kind of got out of that. But in 2007, joined the army, which was the best thing that I did. I think it just made me the man that I am. But it was hard for my family because I was the first to ever go in the army. They're like, what? You're going to go? And then shortly thereafter, I went to, to Iraq. And that was a very an eye-opening experience. And uh, further down the line, the army decided to send me to you know officer school and just finish my degree. And when I did that, I unfortunately, you know, I, I was I was married at the time and unfortunately got divorced and it was uh, it wasn't you know the, the best of divorces and my ex at the time you know was going through some through some things some alcohol stuff and whatnot and it wasn't a very pretty thing in our life so i was an entrepreneur so i was fixing phones and i was you know, I was, I was flipping phones and computers. I forgot all about that. When I met you in officer, basic officer leadership course, you were fixing everybody's phones. Cause I, I just remember that was like the first thing I noticed about this guy's an entrepreneur, just like me. That's right. Right. So that's what I was doing. I was fixing phones and all. And then I had about 49 K and then 527, 49, 527. So I gave my ex essentially I said, Hey, we sold this brand new house. I gave her all the money. She racked up $62,000 worth of debt. 
And I had, uh, I'm getting out of the office, office of leader course, and I had nowhere to live. So it's me, Madison, and we're going to Colorado as my first duty station, and I couldn't afford a place to live. So all the apartments were like, hey, you're not going to, you can't live here because your DTI is too high. So I got denied. So, oh, essentially- so Madison, for everyone listening, <laughs> is McGee's daughter, Alex's daughter. I call him McGee and Alex. So I, you might hear me <laughs> interchanging his name back and forth. And DTI, what is DTI just for so, anybody listening to this? Yeah, so DTI is your debt to income ratio because I was getting divorced and all this debt, my income was way too low and my debt was too high. So the apartments would not be able to approve me. So I kept on getting denied. So I'm driving in a car, I'm an officer in the United States Army, but I'm homeless technically because I have this government card that gives me 10 days to live in a hotel but all the apartments are denying me. So technically I have nowhere to live. So that was a very scary and surreal moment, uh, especially being the, so when I got divorced, the reason I gave all my money, I had 527 bucks to my name. I gave all my money to my ex and uh, I had Madison. So it's like, what do you do in this situation? It was very, uh, very surreal. And then I met a man on the side of the road that had uh, this nice home and with a for rent sign and, and by happenstance, he was standing outside and his name uh, was Tim Lee. He owns Hoffley Real Estate. So shout out to, to Tim Lee out of Colorado Springs. He does apartments and really his niche is warehouse space and offices. So he was out there and, and he's, you know, the first thing I said, I say, hey, I need a place to stay. Uh, and he said, what are you, what are you, a turd? And this is, if you know Tim Lee, that is exactly what he would say. And I said, no, sir, I'm not a turd. This is my story. Uh, he didn't have to, but he, he said, okay, I got a place for you up here. And it was a brand new renovated place. So fast forward, I'm in this apartment and I'm trying to buy a house and I can't. So then I, I'm like, what's going on? I can't get a place. And the only place I can get was like $90,000 ghetto house, like in the middle of nowhere. And then the, I meet another uh, loan officer. His name is Vic Malone. He's also a loan officer in Colorado Springs. And he tells me, you know, he tells me about fourplexes and he was like, Hey man, I, I can get you this $90,000 ghetto house or this fourplex, but it's like 320,000. And I was like, I don't even know what you're saying. What is a fourplex? And he was like, yeah, we can use the future income of the other three units. And because it's going to be your primary residence, I'll get you a VA loan, no money down. And yeah, I can get you in there. I was like, dude, I don't know what you're saying. Are you saying I, can, I don't have to pay rent and like, and someone's going to pay my mortgage. And he was like, yeah. And so this is essentially when Brent was already, you were already in Colorado, right? And we kind of latched on to one another. And I was like, hey, man, how are you doing? At that time, you gave me Rich Dad Poor Dad. You said, I should read this book. And I'm going through all this stuff, right? And I read this book that you tell me to read. I crush it. And I'm like, the first thing I'm thinking is I want to call my read it the, that night all night long because just knowing you <laughs> like you would just go on these <laughs> couple day spans of just not even sleeping and just working so you probably read it right that minute I, 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 I did I did I read it in two days and I remember the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to be like dad why don't you tell me this stuff what was I thinking I was just mad I went through like mad at my family like how do you guys not know this information like you and I, you know, I put this in my bio. I was like, hey, it wasn't for Brent and really giving me that, you know, I kind of stumbled into real estate, right? 
by just my, the happenstance of my, you know, but then you giving me that institutional and that other information from one, it was, Hey, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Then it was like, Hey, there's wholesaling. Hey, you know, you can also flip and then seeing you kind of get into land. So that's kind of how I stumbled into real estate. And then it was from one, you know, that fourplex and that reading that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And, you know, it was like, I grabbed Madison. I was like, we're just nomadic. We're like, all right, we got a fourplex. Next thing is like, I'm going to go get an FHA loan on a duplex. And then it was like, I'm going to go get a conventional loan on a single family. I'm going to make it into a, a triplex. And it was, you know, and then I partnered with my brother and we got another duplex. It was like 16 doors later. Yeah. And, before, and that was all in like literally almost eight months of time. Like you right. weren't playing. And and one thing I want to talk about, and we talked about this the other day on the phone, is the failure in the very beginning that you and I had. Really, <laughs> you, because you basically were like, Let, let's mail these houses in Colorado Springs. So you spent $5,000, I think I was on Capital One, uh, your credit card. You yeah. trusted me to mail $5,000 worth of postcards to houses at the time. I, I was, I did, we did not mail land on that one. And how much did that make? A grand total of zero dollars. <laughs> and most people would have quit. Most people would have totally quit. I thought about quitting at that time because I was like, well, I just failed, failed Alex here, you know, lost all his money. Um, I'm a failure. And that sat on my shoulder for a while. But you didn't stop. You did not slow down. Yeah. So that was, uh, no, because you couldn't stop. And I, I understood that. And I, like one of my, you know, one of my sayings is I like saying, you know, fail fast and fail forward and just kind of keep moving in. I had like I had no option, right? So failure was not an option. That was just the road. Like that's just what happens in business. Like that is a speed bump, and it's not all like you know, it's not all daisies. You're not going to hit a jackpot every time. We're going to learn more from our losses than our wins. Like you keep winning, say, like, oh great, I'm going to make money. But that you know that five thousand dollars, like okay, well maybe what list did I, did I send? Maybe I shouldn't send that. And while I was in school, I met you know my my fiance, and soon you'll be you know you'll be at our wedding and and Emily as well, and celebrating with us. And you know I knew I wanted to come back to Tennessee and visit with her. Because of that, I wanted to start a, a branch you know in Nashville. So when I went to Nashville back and forth to see Tyler, and I said, hey, I want to start a branch on what we're doing in Colorado Springs, essentially in uh, Nashville. And I went to a meetup where I met one of my best friends and business partners that it's funny because we went to his meetup and I show up and there's no one there. In this message group, I have there's a dude that says, hey man, is anyone here? So I meet this guy and he's like super polished. He's like very articulate and he's just, he's like the opposite of me, but he's very energetic. And he sees me, I'm in some shorts not to get off track, but I donated plasma for a really long time because I was just, I was a poor private in the army to make ends meet. I would, I would donate plasma, cut lawns and do whatever. Right. So I have this hole in my arm and I just came back from the gym and I'm going to this meetup and nobody shows up to, and I'm always talking really fast. And, and then Brent is like, dude, when I saw you, I thought you're like a junkie because you had this big hole in your arm and you're, you're all like sweaty. Brandon said that, right? Brandon. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon. Yeah. So Brandon, Brandon, uh, my business partner, Brandon Cobb, he was like, I thought you were like some junkie because you had this hole in your arm. I donated plaza for two years. But anyway, that was funny. Uh, but yeah, Brandon, essentially, we did our first deal and then we dumped all of our money, you know, into mailers and did it again and then got two deals and all the profits went into the third. And we like took 
no money from this thing, from this business for, I don't know, I think really like last year, like I profit, but it's been years where we're just like eating our fingers almost to kind of make ends meet and cutting, you know, cutting our teeth. It was like him managing flips and then me flying in on a four day weekend from the army to help him manage and then going back and then coming back on the next, you know, the next weekend. And that's how we would flip houses, uh, really not knowing anything. Uh, just kind of just taking a little bit that we've know, you know, we learned from you and from like other people that are doing it around us. You know, this podcast, that podcast, bigger pockets, these calculators from bigger pockets. And that's kind of how we started. It was all like word of mouth and, and, and trial and error. And then today, right? And and doing that continuously, right? Having that commitment to to do something day in and day out because we're so passionate about changing the face of communities and we saw how we you know we took change people's lives right so we saw how oh, we buy a home from an old lady that was you know a floor was falling in and then all of a sudden we're able to get her some money and we, we actually you know went through the trains we would take her and find you know find an apartment and move find movers and help this woman move and now she went from you know salamanders like our last one of our last home lady had salamanders just crawling all over her house. So now she's in like a, a safe home that's newer and and she's being taken care of. You know, she's had three hard bypass surgeries. So stories like that is just something that kind of is that, that fuel that you need to kind of keep you going. And this, the love for that and the love to kind of like help those around you is kind of what kept this whole train going. Well, you've definitely overcome so, so many obstacles. I mean, just going from being homeless or selling plasma, <laughs> then being homeless, all these things. And then you are now literally a captain in the army. What is the fuel? What is the fuel to your fire? What is the motivation? Why, why do you need more? Why do you do all this? Like, why do you run so hard? And before I, we get into your actual operation, what you're doing today, what you've morphed into, what you've got, I mean, you guys have built an empire of what you're doing, you and Brandon. And I got the pleasure of meeting Brandon in Vegas at a five-day business mastery Tony Robbins event, which was just the guy's incredible. So you are attracting these amazing people on your team as well. You know, what is the fuel though? That's a long question and right. I'm notorious for it, but what fuels your fire? Right. So my daughter, Madison, you know, you were there in Colorado Springs. You're one of one of the first people that helped me watch Madison when I would go out of town to Nashville, right? Even my dad watched yeah. Madison. Yeah. My mom was about just the other night, she said, your dad and Madison just hit it off. Like, she's like, he surprised me so much. And I didn't even know about that. We went on, I think the train ride or something for Emily's birthday. My dad and Madison were like little buddies. That's right. That's right. So Madison has autism, right? And I am her dad and I'm currently her mom. Her mom's not her life, unfortunately. To me, that's my why. So when I'm lazy, when I don't feel like it, when I, you know, I have, I have a thing that Tala got me, you know, are you living for your why? And I see that every day. That is my why. And now Tala is my why. That's my responsibility. And that's my obligation. And the reality is, you know, she has no one else. And if I die tomorrow, I got to make sure that I'm financially stable enough my family will always take care of her and love her, but I need to make sure that I have set the conditions for that to happen because people will have to make hard decisions, right? My, if my brother has to watch her or my dad, and he has to pay for a mortgage and pay for a thing. Like, well, is he going to pay for the speech therapy and I'm dead and I don't have like, 
So for me, it's like, I need to make sure that my daughter that, that, that has this disability is going to have those things that she needs to be successful. Uh, because, you know, she didn't ask to be here and it's my responsibility. So that's my why. So that's very important to me. And that somebody, you know, you find what that why is. And because it, it, it can't be, oh, this dollar, because it can't be a dollar now. Uh, it has to be something that is uh, consistent. And if it's not, because when there's ebb and flows in your life, that's like, oh, this sucks today. It's like, well, if it sucks or it's great, I'm celebrating because we're doing this for like Madison. This is my why, right? This is my focus. And then if it sucks, it's like, well, I need to do this for Madison. Like, this is it. Like, what do you mean? Like, this is, <laughs> this is just a hurdle. Let's get through it. So that's how I mentally kind of, you know, deal with that. So. You've only scratched the surface on the amount of people that you've helped. Very small scratch, but thanks to Madison, you know, right. thanks to right. Madison. And thanks for sharing that and, and getting vulnerable like that. What does the operation look like today with, on the empire of you and Brandon, HGB Capital? What are you guys, what are you guys doing today? All right. So the HBG came from the house buying guys, kind of that we started in Colorado Springs, me and Mika. And we wanted to keep that legacy of the house buying guys because it was such a simple name. And so we, we came to, you know, Nashville, met with Brandon and said, Hey, let's start, a, let's start something here. So Brandon was in sales previously and he, he got, unfortunately, he was like one of the best salespeople. And then he got laid off his job, be, even being the best. So he was like, what the hell? I'm not doing that anymore. He wanted to go into entrepreneurship. So it, it was really, it was really good match. But we started the house buying guys where we started wholesaling homes and started doing flips here and there. But majority was wholesale. And then what we saw is we felt as if there was kind of a, a shift in the market where everybody and their grandmother was like, we're going to wholesale now as well. So let's just wholesale. And then we saw our cost of acquisition per contract, like go from 1300, 3000, 8000, 11,000, 13K. And that's in mail spent. So we were sending about $100,000 in mail a month. So from pay per click, about it was $110,000, give or take. And that was consistent, right? Per every month, month in and month out. And we're just like, start kind of bleeding out. We're like, what is going on? We created this big machine. And it's just not working from handwritten things. So we said, you know, I wanted to kind of, what I meant, like mind my own mind. And what that means is like, I had a home where I was already flipping. So what the idea was that I'm already a subject matter expert in flipping homes in that area. And typically in the area where I'm flipping a home, there are other homes that may need the same thing. So I was trying to, we hired this one gentleman to, to help us with acquisitions. And I said, hey, I need you to go door knock and just talk to the other neighbors. He just wouldn't do it. He was just, he wanted the appointment already set for him. And I was like, please door knock, please door knock, please door knock. And to the point where I was like, you know what? I got off work in the army at like four. I would drive to the neighborhood and I, myself, uh, we had a collateral packet and I would handwrite, hey, you know, my name's Alex. I'm flipping a house right down the street. I want to talk to you. And I'd leave it, I'd take a picture, I'd leave it. So I would door knock. Essentially, I would, at first, I would drive the neighborhood and I would get, you know, I, I would do my driving for dollars. And then I'd be like, okay, then I'd create a route on my route planner to make sure that I go back to all these homes in a, in, a, in a very efficient route and drop off my flyer. And then what I would do is I would tell Brandon to follow up with a call to those. So it was kind of a warm start. He'd be like, hey, my partner, Alex, just dropped off that flyer at your house. So we saw that that actually worked because we were already building one house. 
and flipping one house. They were like, oh, I was like, hey, that's the house. And then I started telling the actual people that I was helping, hey, I'm going to give you $3,000 as a finder's fee if you find me somebody. So now I had these like bird dogs, essentially. And this bird dog got me another property. Uh, and that's the God's honest truth, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Anybody listen to this, I actually watched the geef door knock a house in Nashville, Tennessee, and he hit it off this lady. They were already friends because he's already met him. He just swung by because she was out front. And it's like, hey, remember, I'm going to give you $3,000 if, <laughs> if one of your neighbors sell to me, something like that. I remember that very vividly. But she was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> just like that. It was a sweet grandma. Um, and she might have been a grandma. She just sounded like grandma. But she's like, you are kidding me, right? <laughs> yeah man and that's the same thing and i'm just like i can impact this person's life they have something right so you monetize that because there's things going on in that person's life and i just want to make sure that they know that you know there's going to be something that will come out of it so that's what we did and i hit one house and then all of a sudden i was you know i was recommended to another lot and that lot turned into oh man we can subdivide this and that's kind of where it all started oh we can subdivide this make it into four houses okay so then this lady would say oh hey you know i want this much money i was like ma'am like there's no way this house is falling apart i can't flip this house these numbers won't work but what's a number that'll put a smile on your face and it'd give me a number and i said okay so then i'd go back and i'd go to the city and say hey how do i subdivide this into most amount of lots possible and you know, they told me you got to do this, this and that. So I go back to her and say, listen, this is going to take a long time. But for me to give you the number that you need, I need to fully entitle this property. And I walk her through what that means. Hey, I got to survey it, got to get subdivided. And then I have to get an engineer to go ahead and draw the plat and the architect to design the home. And we have to, you know, look at the impervious areas and the whole plat has to be designed, has to get approved. And oh, by the way, I must have permits in hand. And the reason I did that is because I saw another friend of ours here in Nashville, you know, speculatively, he bought this lot. He was like, I'm going to build these homes on it. And he didn't get the permits in hand. And then he couldn't build them. So he lost 200K of, you know, his investor's money. And I was like, hey, listen, we don't do that. So for us, you know, we have investors and that invest with us. And one of the things is that we will get a property fully entitled with permits in hand, and then we'll go ahead and buy the property. Just because we insulate. So essentially, the new construction thing started back up a little bit. One of our first deals was that we did a house and we hired this contractor. This contractor ran off with our money. And we we're like, that will never happen to us again. It's like, what do we need to do? So we said, we're going to go get and go get a contract. I'm in the army. Brandon went, go, took the test and got agent. Fell fast, fell forward. Fell fast, fell forward. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, okay, we lost, uh, I think like 15 to 20 K with this guy. And then we ended up just doing it ourselves, like finishing it off ourselves. It was so easy to us because we're doing these flips, which was like things just come up with a flip. But new construction is like, okay, we built it. All right, everything's new. Like, this is where everything needs to go. It's kind of, it was just a lot easier for us to manage. So, you know, we're thinking, okay, at this time, we're getting investors to come in and be in first position, et cetera, on our loans, right? So we decided that we want to open up, you know, we were raising all this money, but we can only raise so much. So then we essentially opened HBG Capital, which is essentially a fund where investors can invest in. And we can then take that money and we can spend it on down payments and we can leverage that debt, make it into equity, and then use that 
uh, with the bank, right? So now it's an equity fund. And we said, how do we ensure that we protect our investors? Like, because the majority of our investors were like, our, at the beginning, we were like our friends, our family members. Like, this is very, and it's our reputation. So we said, okay. So we essentially created this thing that said, hey, the money can be spent only on projects where HBG Construction is the prime contractor. So if, if there's anyone to blame for us being late or for things happening, it's us. And then, you know, what can we spend the money on? So it's not like Robert Madoff, like we're not made offs and just run off with the money. We're like, hey, we need to ensure that we create a vehicle that is, you know, these people are secured. So we said the property has to be insured. You know, we have to have builder's risk. And then we have to make sure that our investors are paid first. So essentially in our fund, and then the property is fully entitled with permits in hand. We cannot spend that money on this home unless it's fully entitled. And that kind of insulates the investors from risk. I'm really glad you brought that up because one of the questions I was thinking about a couple of minutes ago is I have this conversation once a week with a land shark student or someone in the Rhino tribe, Rhino Nation, because they're they're always like asking like, where do I find money? And I'm very nervous to borrow people's money, especially from my friends or my mother-in-law or my father-in-law, my family. I was going to ask you like, what gives you the confidence to just go out and raise these millions of dollars that you do. But I think you just kind of answered my question with that. Right. I, you know, just insulating. Yeah. So it's, it's essentially, yeah. So it's like, you know, I have family members that were like, you know, the, the market took a hit and it's like, oh man, they were close to retirement. Everything was going great. They're making all this money. And now they took a 26% loss. Right. So it's like, listen, dude, I can make you money by giving you 12%. Now, I'm not saying that just by saying, oh, I, you know, I'm just going to willy-nilly, I think we can do this. No, there's no I think. It's I know this is what we're going to do. Now, it is risk. There's still risk in any business. But however, I need to make sure that I have taken every precaution. And really, I go back to the military days, right? So, you know, being airborne, right? And jumping out on an aircraft. Well, that's not a very safe thing. Like, it's a perfect aircraft. Why would I jump out of this perfectly good aircraft? Well, because we have to, right? We have to because it's a show of force. It's how we fight our wars. Well, I don't just jump out. There's training that has to go into, hey, make sure the aircraft is safe, the maintenance on the aircraft is safe, that there are jump masters to ensure that the personnel that are being rigged with parachutes have been trained and retrained and go through training continuously, that there's a primary parachute and then there's a secondary parachute, right? And there's somebody on the ground that's assessing the wind at the time of the jump. And they can tell that bird to come back for another pass. And then at any time, if anybody feels that there's something that's unsafe going on. So I take that back to like the military, like, hey, we fight wars. We go and we go to where the bad guys are, but we do a risk assessment. And that's essentially the same process. Say We take the risk. What are all the risks? And we take all of our assumptions and we turn them into facts. So I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to assume that I can build a Taj Mahal here, but I can't build anything here. So that was an assumption. And then I go to the city and ensure that I can get a permit to build this Taj Mahal. That is making that assumption into a fact. And then once I do that, then I assess, you know, how much is this thing going to cost me by going line by line and ensuring that these things are not assuming it's going to cost me $3. I'm actually getting a bid and it takes a long process, but that's how I'm able to give my sellers of land the most amount of money because I'm able to explain the entire process. I'll explain to them that I have to go through, you know, subdivision, this and that, and I have to get permits and the why. Hey, I need to insulate my investors. And then they understand, like yesterday, we had a, a plot that was approved for 73 homes. 
I've had this since last November, right? And I had to explain to this to this lady, hey, this is what we have to go through. And our first, you know, I knocked on her door. She said, this is Miss Rhonda Jordan at twelve forty seven Hornell Road. She said, now that's a locked deal, we're closing on it. I can, I, yeah, I can tell you. So she said, hey, I want $650,000. I knocked on the door. I was with my daughter. And we do driving for... Drive- she gave you that figure in her mind that made her smile. <laughs> Mark, no, check this out. So she gives me that figure. I knock on the door with Madison. We knock on the door and say, hey, I'm driving around here. I'm doing some homes down the road. What would you do? And she said, 650. I said, okay, done deal. I'll write up the contract and send it to you. So I read, we sent up the contract and then she gets with her family. And her family says, you know, they're not really... That's not what she should, should get for the property. That's 20 acres. So I said, okay. So I, And she calls me back. She says, this is the sweetest lady that I've met, okay? And she says, hey, I feel sick to my stomach to come back to you because I already shook your hand and told you it's okay, but I just don't feel right about this. And I said, Ms. Jordan, what would be the price to put a smile on your face? And she said, ah, well, you know, my, my, my family thinks 700 is, and I said, okay, 700, right? She said, yeah. I was like, was that put your smile on your face? She's like, well, uh, not really, but I think it's a fair. I said, well, how about seven twenty-five? So I gave her $25,000 more than what she's asking. And I said, will that put a smile on your face? She's like, oh yeah, I'm gritted right now. And I said, great. So let me see how, I can. now I already knew that there's certain things that have to be done. So for me to give Ms. Jordan that much money, I had to make sure that she had one house on 20 acres. I had to make sure that we can put a significant amount of homes on this property to make the numbers work. So I was like, okay, what is the exit price of the homes? How much is my infrastructure going to cost? I have some offsite infrastructure and that get kind of gets a little, you know, a little more advanced, but I did all those calculations and said, okay, there's going to be like a million, 1.2, $1.3 million of infrastructure. It's going to take some time for grading and everything else. I said, Miss Jordan, I'm not just going to pay you this money. You're going to have to wait for me to go through the rezoning process and then wait for me to get go through the plat approval process, get the plat approved. And once I get a stamp plat saying yes to build 70, you know, 73 homes, about the number of homes don't make sense, with, especially with us bringing sewer and infrastructure, I'll pay you that money. Is that okay with you? How does that sound? And she was like, yeah. So she waited this whole entire time. And I also invited her to all the hearings and she was part of the process. She's signing papers and approving and going in for, you know, the minimuses and subdivides. And so she's like, there's some work that she's ha- Miss Jordan's having to do. Right. Miss Jordan essentially was part of the entire process and she saw everything that we're doing. So I said, Hey, Miss, I got the environmental study. I said, Hey, here's the environmental study. Miss Jordan, she's like, Oh my God, I didn't know all this stuff. Hey, did this, the geotech. And she's like, what is the hell is this? They just put all these holes. But I was explaining to her why I was doing the geotech. Hey, I need to make sure that I put these many houses. I'm going to put sewer in these holes. are going to tell me where the sewer can go so I can see where the rock is. So we don't hit the rock so I can reduce my cost. You're educating, educating, absolutely, And I'm educating, educating, absolute, and I'm educating the entire time. And I'm just educating the people that you're with. Just like they're your father or mother or someone that like you truly care about. That's how... I'm putting myself in their position and what we, what do they need? And I'm trying to meet those needs and I'm trying to meet them at their why. And I'm trying to say, okay, what is, what are your things? Oh, you're getting, you know, you're trying to make money for your children or you're trying to leave a destiny or whatever it is. This, I have to be at, you know, and one of the books that you recommended actually, Brent was go giver. It's the same thing, right? Just give. 
And if it's out of love, and you know, I tell everyone, I'm doing what I love, and at a consequence of what I do now, I make a really good, really good money. And that's why it doesn't feel like work to me. When people are like, why are you working 16 hours? I'm like, I'm not working, dude. You're working. I'm having a great time. You know, I'm making money and I love what I'm doing. So, you know what I didn't notice that you said in the last, when you're talking about Ms. Jordan or the other land deal, I didn't notice you say me one time. I need, I heard you say I, but you didn't, you didn't say it in the form of I need or I have to. Another thing is you're talking about protecting your investor, insulating your investors, the people that, that put the money into your deals. These are huge deals you're doing. Like, you know, you're, you're bringing in a lot of capital people, a lot of trust. They're buying into you, but you're insulating them by mitigating risk, by getting the builder's risk policy and insurance and all these things and working very closely and partnering with Miss Jordan. Yeah. Right. So, uh, those are some distinctions that I, that I noticed there kind of wrapping this up, you know, what's the best advice that you can give to someone that's just starting out? Because I mean, you, you have built this huge thing in a very short amount of time. And then just a few years, I mean, we went out to Colorado Springs together in 2015. This was since then, this is less than 10 years. Right, man. I, I tell you, for me, it's been loving what you do and do this for a reason, not just for the money. And if the money is the path to what it is that you want, you need to know what that why is. I think that's what you started with. Two is like, if you're going to bring people on this journey with you, you must educate them. You must take the time. You must show them the love through the process. And what I mean, that it sounds very cliche, but you must love your investor. You must love the person that's selling the property. And you must love the buyer of that home. And all of those people must come before your own needs. And if you do that, if you put them first, then you're going to be here for a while. And it's not just going to be a one and done. And that's very important. You know, we have a reputation. My future wife can leave me. My kids can leave me. My, I can lose it all. All you have is your name and you can start over with your name and with your reputation. So that's very important to me. So now we, you know, like we, we have HBG capital to insulate ourselves. We have HBG construction to ensure that we control the cost of a project. And now we've partnered with Cord Real Estate to get you know, that they sell all of our, all of our products for a discount. That is, again, all those things that we do are to pass, you know, a discount to our investor. Oh, now additionally, you know, my father was just in Turkey. We're bringing in products from other countries to ensure that we insulate our investors, right? So from glass to countertops, to sewer pipe, to all these things, again, to cut the costs and we control it. So we're not like, oh, you know, the supply chain is bad. Well, we're fine. Solve the problem. So now we have the problem, we own the problem, therefore we can solve the problem. And then just don't be afraid to take that step. And, you know, if you think, hey, you know, it's risky. Well, you know, doing the deal is risky. Not doing the deal is also risky. Not taking your wife on vacations when you're 20 years old is risky because you're not going to have those bonds. You know, not having your children go to sports because you can't afford it is risky. So everything is risky. Getting married is risky. Not getting married is risky. Having kids is risky. Not getting having kids is risky. Everything that you do is risky. But we only have one life and tomorrow is not promised today. And, you know, us being in the military, we have had so many friends and colleagues that have passed away young, right? And now what? Like, you know, if not today, then when? And if not you, then who? So sometimes we have to just step up to the plate and we have to understand that we are the leaders in our family. And we must, we must take that 
we, we can't take that lightly. That's very, very important. So, and you know, one last thing is in our business, we saw a distinct increase in productivity because, you know, Brandon was saying, hey, like, what are we doing? So we at HVG are giving away a home, one home this year, two next year, three after that, up to five. And we've also partnered with Colton Mortgage where we're paying all the closing costs for veterans, EMS, and police. So our big hairy ass goal, our BHAG in our business is to reduce veteran homelessness in Middle Tennessee by 90%. And our, our entire staff and our entire team has rallied behind that. So it's like, do we make, you know, 200 more thousand dollars or hundred more thousand dollars? But it's like, or do we impact somebody that, that is in need? That's amazing. Going from homeless to, to not being able to get your own house to giving a house away. You know, so many incredible tips, so many gold nuggets that you've given, just your process. Thanks so much for being vulnerable, Alex, and uh, just sharing everything that you shared. Um, it's phenomenal. I mean, you're making me think in my own personal business, like we could be doing more ourselves. You know, we could we could be, be doing more for these sellers, be doing more. I mean, no closing costs for veterans and emergency police officers. That's amazing. Uh, if, if I understood that correctly, that you're paying the closing costs when you sell a house to a veteran or emergency paramedic, police officer, firefighter, um, just some amazing things. How many, just my last question, how many houses are you building right now? As we, as we I speak? actually had to write it down because I lost track. So <laughs> right now under construction, we have 15 in Nashville. We got 14 in, in Dixon County. Uh, and then that's about, that's 29. And we have horizontal construction going on for, uh, for 46 homes. And on the books right now, we're about to start another uh, another 83. For total, we have 539 that is going through uh, either entitled or almost entitled and, and doing horizontal construction. So, and we're always looking for better, you know, for partners. We're always looking for good partners and for people that, that value what we do. So, you know, we had one, one gentleman that, you know, he's like, hold on. So you're telling me that you're going to give away a home to a veteran and like, but that's like taken out of the bottom line. And I said, yeah, absolutely it is. And if, if that's not, if that does not align with you and you're not with that and you want more, then we're just not a good fit. And that's, that's just the way it is. And, and um, you know, cause we, we, you know, we give pretty good returns, but uh, we're not greedy, but yeah. So people that are a good fit for us. Anybody that's looking to get involved with this, you know, maybe invest some of their capital capital that's sitting on the sidelines or in a bank account, earning nothing. How do people get in touch with you? So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think the first step, go to hbgcapital.net. You know, and just download our ebook. We want to be able to educate you on the things, all, essentially the questions that you're going to have. What are the, the questions that, that are important? And even if we're a good fit or not, I'd suggest download the ebook because those are the questions you should be asking other folks. And if they're not structuring the deal as such, that may not be a good fit for you. But we kind of put everything in there. Uh, it's very transparent and it, it kind of educates you on being an investor and what you, what an investor needs what, what are the questions to ask, right? That's very important. Sometimes, you know, people have money, but they don't know. They're like, oh, I've got to flip a house. But what do I need to know? You know, we've, we, there's been many instances where I've had people like, hey, oh, yeah, I'm about to send the money. I was like, whoa, hold on a second. No, you're not. <laughs> don't send me in. <laughs> I mean, serious, $470,000. This guy was just sending us via wire. I was like, what are you doing? So you have to educate people through the process and exactly to, to know, what, you know, what, is, what does it mean to be an investor and how to do it right? Again, Treat them like your brother, you're like your father, and you're like your family member, then and do the right thing. So 
All right, Rhino Nation, that is hbgcapital.net as in house buying guys. They've got a tremendous amount of resources on the site. I've checked it out. Download their ebook. And I mean, you heard it. Like this guy's been through, through so many obstacles. He didn't stop. And what I heard, you started, like when you really started pick up momentum is when you went out and just started knocking on those doors. And I'm not advocating knocking on doors. I'm just saying that you started taking action. I believe knocking on doors works phenomenally. I, I wholesaled my first two houses by knocking on a total of 10 doors. And that just did it. So guys, if you're looking for, to get started in real estate today, I want you to go to wholesalinginc.com, fill out the application, schedule a call. Alex, thanks so much for, for your time. I know you're still uh, in command with the army. Uh, appreciate you, you kind of ducking out and you know hiding in your car and doing this podcast together. Go out and keep changing lives, bettering people's lives and appreciate you so much. And I'll see you here in a couple of weeks. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.